following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to the Herd and Ten podcast. Here's your host, Jake Pratinsky. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Herd and Ten podcast. I'm your host, Jake Pratinsky. You can find me on Twitter at J Fortinsky NFL. You can also check out any of our dedicated social media accounts for daily, weekly, monthly content on either our Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter accounts. Just search Herd and Ten on any of those platforms, and you will find our social media accounts. Also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review our show. Give us a five-star review if you like the show. It will help get us into more listeners' ears. Let's get right into it this week. Before I talk about Buffalo Bills content, I have to talk about what happened in tennis, specifically in women's tennis at the Australian Open. If you're a Bills fan, if you love Buffalo in general, you got to love the story of the Bills owner's daughter, Jessica Pagula. She's, I believe, 26, almost 27, has never reached a quarterfinals in the Australian Open, and finally reaches it. She did have to face Jennifer Brady. Should be noted, the last name, Brady. So you basically got Buffalo and the Pagulas versus Brady in the quarterfinals of the Australian Open and unfortunately Pagula fell to Brady it's unbelievable it was all too perfect Jessica Pagula was playing fantastic tennis if you haven't noticed already I love all sports I watch all sports not just football but Pagula was having a great tournament she comes in with a ton of confidence She's a good player, more of a defensive player, doesn't really go on the attack, doesn't have an incredible serve, but she's a very steady and confident tennis player. Comes in playing probably the best tennis she's ever played, and she falls to a Brady. Now, Jennifer Brady is not related to Tom Brady, but still, her last name was Brady. So it just sucks that she had to lose to a Brady. But look, She still made it to the quarters. She's likely now going to be in the top 30 or 40. I haven't checked the rankings yet, but she's going to have a nice high ranking and maybe she'll continue to show up. So great to just see something amazing. And it's amazing to see that from Jessica Pagula, who has not had so much success in her tennis career. But I just, I had to talk about that because it was really nice to see her playing at that level. It was nice to bet on the game. I did put some money on her. Of course, I lost, but it was kind of fun. It made the game a little more exciting backing someone like her who's worked so hard to get 
to where she is. And I'm sure her parents and all of Buffalo are still proud to say that they had a Buffalonian make it to the quarterfinals of the Australian Open. Now let's jump into Buffalo Bills content because that's really what you're all here for, right? First on the docket, we got to talk about the running back position and a player who I think would probably solve most of the Bills running game problems and would not cost a lot. As we've seen, veteran running backs in the NFL are not getting big contracts. They're not getting big fat money. They're getting small deals, one to two years, not a ton of guaranteed money. And the players that are getting that are not usually panning out. Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys, not panning out. Le'Veon Bell obviously didn't work out with the Jets, signed with Kansas City. Same kind of story there. We got a veteran running back who would change this backfield and I don't think would cost the team a lot. And that's Leonard Fournette. Went to the Buccaneers, is now a free agent, and I really think the Bills should be targeting him. I mean, he might want to stay in Tampa because he wants to be on that team who just won the Super Bowl. But at the same time, he probably wants more playing time. He was in a bit of a 50-50 share. If anything, the majority of the season, he was getting less than 50% of the snaps because Ronald Jones was playing really well as well. I don't think the Buccaneers are going to keep both. I think they're going to let Fournette walk, and I think the Bills would be a great place for him to land. He would be the undoubtedly starting running back. He would get a decent number of carries. Now, we know the Bills' offense is obviously pass-heavy, but if they had a guy like Fournette, they probably could run the ball a little more and run it more effectively. I think he'd also get a lot of opportunities for touchdowns. He likes to bruise bodies and smash through players. That's what the Bills need because their run blocking is not particularly impressive. So having a guy like Fournette who can plow over guys would probably be the perfect fit. Oh, and did I mention? Actually, I did. He wouldn't be particularly expensive. He's a veteran back who's had issues with teams in the past, had issues with Jacksonville, has now won a Super Bowl, and probably just wants to be on another contender. The Bills are a contender. And he would be the starter. If he wants to be the outright starter and be on a winning squad, Buffalo is the perfect place for him to land. I think it would be perfect for the Bills. So that's my take on that. I really think Fournette would be a great fit. I think I even talked about this before last season. I wanted the Bills to bring him in. Now they didn't. I think now they might be kicking themselves because they probably should have brought him in then because... Eventually, we saw that the Bills' running game was atrocious. I'm just going to go out and say it. They were atrocious this season. They need to improve. Maybe Devin Singletary is going to get cut or not. I'd be fine with Devin Singletary, Leonard Fournette, of course. And you have Zach Moss entering his second year. Hopefully, he'll be a little bit healthier. But I think if you had those three... You better believe they'd be legit. Having a three-headed monster like that with three different running backs that run quite differently and having that veteran Fournette to teach Singletary and Moss and in particular Moss because I think Moss looks a lot like Fournette and I think he could learn a lot from Fournette and he could really develop into 
a good backup. Maybe he's not going to be a quality starter, but he could be a very good backup to Fournette. And maybe Singletary is that third string back, maybe comes in for passing plays. But man, Fournette would really be a great addition and it would solve a huge problem that the Bills have right now. Next up on the docket, we have Isaiah McKenzie and Andre Roberts. What do you do with these two guys? You have a Bills team that had a very good return game with Andre Roberts. Andre Roberts had a couple slip-ups over the course of the season, but overall, he was really good. I mean, I think he was second in the league in yards per return or combined yards with punt and kick because he did both. You got to be happy with him. He had a very good season. He's been very good with the Bills. His contract's up. I don't know how much money he's going to want. He is nearing the end of his career. Now, I don't think he's retiring, but I think he still wants to get paid a hefty sum. He is an upper echelon returner. He's maybe not the best returner in the league, but he's definitely in the top three. And that means he should be paid. The problem is he doesn't really do anything other than return. He's not a good receiver. He can't be relied upon. He's not a great route runner. He's not a good blocker. So he's not really helpful in the offense. And then you have Isaiah McKenzie, who's previously been given opportunities to be the sole returner for the Bills. I believe it was in 2017 or 2018. He was given an opportunity, wasn't quite good enough, and that's why they brought in Andre Roberts. So the question here is, can Isaiah McKenzie be a good enough returner where the Bills don't also need to keep Andre Roberts? Because Isaiah McKenzie signing him, in my opinion, would make perfect sense because he's a good receiver. As a, we'll quote-unquote say, fifth receiver, he's impressive. I really like him. Some of you might not like him as much. I'm a big fan. I think he adds a lot to the team. I think he's a very underrated and underestimated receiver. Everyone just thinks he's good for a couple jet sweeps a game. I think he's much more valuable than that. He catches most passes that he's given an opportunity to catch. He's very reliable. You don't see him dropping the ball all that often. We've seen him have some breakout games this season where you're just thinking, wow, this guy is lighting teams up. I think he's a really good receiver. Now, I would argue he could maybe even be the fourth receiver. I understand he's a little small, but Tyreek Hill is also small. And look, don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing Tyreek Hill and Isaiah McKenzie, but I'm just saying he might be small, but that doesn't mean he can't be a good receiver. It doesn't mean that he has to be the fifth or sixth option. He could be a fourth receiver on the Bills. Even with the Bills having such an impressive lineup, I still think he could be the fourth receiver. I think if you let John Brown go, which is definitely possible, you might need a little more production in your receivers. And that might mean leaning on a guy like Isaiah McKenzie. I can't imagine that any of you listening would be comfortable in Andre Roberts needing to step up and be a very productive receiver. I've never seen him show any reason that he deserves to be in the starting lineup as a receiver, as a fourth or fifth receiver. I just don't think he's good enough. But I do think Isaiah McKenzie's good enough. I don't think Isaiah McKenzie's as good of a returner as Andre Roberts. 
But I guess my hope is, is that the Bills would take a chance that he'll be good enough to be an average to above average returner. Because that's what the Bills need. They have a great offense. They have a good defense that will hopefully be better next season. But their special teams doesn't need to be unbelievable. They have a good punter. They have a good kicker now. They need a good returner. They don't need a great returner. I love Andre Roberts. He's been a great returner for many years. But the Bills don't need that. They don't need to be spending money on that. That's a luxury. And the Bills, unfortunately, don't have that luxury anymore. They have some big deals coming their way. They're likely going to need to sign Josh Allen this year or next year. And they're going to be limited in their, in their salary. Now, I talked about this last week. The salary cap is likely going to be 180 to 181 million, which is a little higher than what the floor was set to, which was 175 million, but it's still tight. The bills are close to the cap, and they're going to need to find ways to save money. And I just think if you can let a guy like Andre Roberts go, who's really a luxury, he can only return. If you can get comparable value out of a guy like Isaiah McKenzie in the return game, and still get that receiving ability so maybe you don't need to keep another receiver, you're going to save some money there. I would also argue that Isaiah McKenzie's value is slightly lower. I think if he goes to free agency, I think he would get less money than Andre Roberts. Yes, he is younger. Yes, he can do a little more. But Andre Roberts is great at something. Isaiah McKenzie is not great at anything. He's good. He's okay to good at everything. He's got good speed, not great speed. He's a okay returner, not a great returner. He's an okay to good fourth, fifth receiving option. He's not a great fourth or fifth receiving option. I love him, but overall, statistically, yes, he is not great. And he's, of course, a little small. So I think he's worth less. And that means the Bills could sign him for a little less, but get way more out of him. I think you're getting a lot more bang for your buck than keeping a guy like Andre Roberts. Look, if you have an opinion on it, please send me a message. I would love to hear what you think about Andre Roberts and Isaiah McKenzie and who the Bills should keep. Maybe they won't keep either. Maybe they'll keep both. I doubt they'll keep both because of, like I've talked about, the salary cap. It's possible they let both go. But I think it would be a shame to let Isaiah McKenzie go personally because I think he's got great value. I think he does a lot for you, and I don't think he costs a whole lot. I think you're looking at somewhere in the million to million and a half per season. I could easily see the Bills signing him to a two-year deal, $3 million with like a million and a half guaranteed or something like that. I definitely could see that happening. Or even like another one-year deal. But probably it would be more than that. Maybe you sign him for a three-year deal at like $4 million, But he's only guaranteed a million and a half. Something like that. I could see that happening too. So at that value, it's kind of hard not to keep him. I would think. Who knows? Next, we got the backup quarterback position. Now I talked about this the other week. And there's a new name floating out there that could potentially be an option if the Bills don't re-sign Matt Barkley and if they're not happy with Jake Fromm or they're happy with Jake Fromm, but they don't feel he's ready to be the backup. Maybe look at a guy like Andy Dalton. 
I mean, he'd be a great backup. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick as well. Although, personally, I don't love the idea of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And that's because he seems to bring bad luck to starting quarterbacks on teams. Wherever he goes, the starting quarterback either has a bad season or has a bad injury. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has to come in and save the day. I don't want that. I don't want Fitzpatrick to come in and save the day. What I want is a backup when in doubt, if we need them for a game or two, it's it's okay if they need to step in. But I don't want one bringing bad luck to our precious Josh Allen. So Andy Dalton could be a great option. He's a veteran quarterback with some good experience. He's had some really impressive seasons. Let's not forget, he was a franchise quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals for years. He was a good quarterback. Took them to the playoffs. Didn't have a lot of success in the playoffs, but he is a really good quarterback. And we've seen, if he needs to step in and play, he can. Hopefully, our backup doesn't need to play a whole lot. But if Allen goes down and misses a game or half a game or a couple games, I'd be pretty confident in a guy like Dalton. I certainly would be more confident in him than Barkley. I'm not confident in Matt Barkley. I don't think he's good enough. I'm not confident that he can win a game unless it's against the New York Jets. And I think that Andy Dalton would be a much better option. Now, Dalton would probably cost more, but I think it's well worth the money. And I think the Bills can find enough ways to save money to still have a proper backup quarterback. I think it's a position that's often ignored, but I think it's a position that really matters. I also think it would be nice to have a veteran like Dalton who would still be good in the quarterback room. I think he adds something. I think he adds a little more than Matt Barkley. And he certainly adds a lot more talent if he needs to play than Matt Barkley does. He's also, in my opinion, slightly more mobile. He's not a super mobile quarterback, but he's definitely more mobile. And based on the way the Bills run their offense, they need a relatively mobile quarterback. Dalton's not Josh Allen, but he can still move. He can get out of the pocket. He can roll out. He can scamper for a few yards if the Bills need it. And that's what I like. I don't think we can get that from Matt Barkley. Now, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we're back, we're going to talk about a couple more things. And then we'll wrap up the whole episode. Thanks. It's the gift-giving season, and now there's a great card game that gives you action on any televised football game you watch. Just add your family, friends, and fun, and you have The Drive. Playthedrive.com. If you miss The Drive, you miss the party. Playthedrive.com. Hey, Bills Mafia. This has been a crazy year with a lot of changes. Good changes, like the Patriots not sitting at the top of the AFC East. But this year has certainly brought some challenges and has made it harder for us all to connect with our fellow sports fans. If you are a big sports fan like me, then you need to join this new sports fan community called Playing the Field. Playing the Field has developed a dating and community app centered around our sports fan lifestyle. It is a great sports-focused interface from their profile trading cards in your favorite team's colors down to their bubblegum in-app currency. The best part is that right now, while they're still in beta, it is 100% free to join. 
and you also get extra in-app bubblegum that you can trade in when their premium features get added in a few months. Go to playthefielddating.com and sign up now to buddy up, recruit teammates, or find your MVP. Also, be sure to check out their podcast, The Fan Experience, where they interview sports fans just like you and me and let them share their fan experiences. The Fan Experience is live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Or you can catch the replays on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can't have a team without a mate. Go and find one now at playthefielddating.com. Welcome back. Let's get into the final topic today. And it's probably the most important topic today. And that's defensive end J.J. Watt, former Houston Texan, and where he's going to land for the 2021 NFL season. I think it could be Buffalo. I've been reading reports every single day, and as of this recording, the Bills are in the upper tier of teams that he is interested in. Not only that, there's been reports that he and the Bills' management are mutually interested and I believe have maybe showed serious interest in getting a deal done. From the reports that I've read, not only is all of that true, but that the Bills would actually be able to afford him. Yes, it's going to take some mixing and some work. The Bills can actually sign J.J. Watt. Wow. I know J.J. Watt is not the same player he once was, but he's still a really good player. And he would make this defensive line infinitely better. Let's go back a bunch of years when the Bills signed Mario Williams, who was also on the Texans, to a monster deal. And some people were concerned that it was too much money and blah, blah, blah. He was amazing. Now look, I know we had to move on from him at the end and... The last, I think it was a year or two left on his deal, it it wasn't working out. It wasn't worth it. But the first few years of production was unbelievable. I think he had three seasons of more than 10 sacks. I think he had one of like 10, another 13 or 13 and a half, and another 15 or 16 sacks. He was basically leading the league in sacks in those years, or at least in the upper echelon of sack leaders. He was great for the Bills. I remember the Bills defense, when he was there, their D-line was really good. They got a lot of pressure. Now, they didn't always have the best teams, didn't have a great offense. I think one of the years they had Kyle Orton, and they had a chance to maybe make the playoffs, but the offense just wasn't good enough. But our defense was mean. They were tough. And Mariel Williams was really good. And I feel like this is a similar kind of scenario. You have a Bills defense that's already good didn't have the greatest season but is a good team when you look at the core they're just missing maybe that one more piece on the d-line and especially given the fact that they're likely going to cut some pieces on the d-line 
They need to bring something in that's going to make up for those cuts. They need to bring in another veteran. It can't just be through the draft. I love drafting players because they're cheap and you can get some good value. But you still need some veterans that are really good. Having a guy like J.J. Watt with also his emotion, his off-field presence, not just on-field but off-field as well, is something that the Bills need. I, I really think the Bills are missing that and I think it would make them so much better. I also think that Watt would make Jerry Hughes so much better. Teams are keying in on Hughes because we really don't have any other threats. We hoped Mario Addison would be that threat. He wasn't. We hoped Vernon Butler would be a threat. Quinton Jefferson would be a threat. Ed Oliver would be a threat. AJ Epinesa would be a threat. None of them really became what we needed them to be. Now, Epinesa can still be a really good player in his second year. He was just in his rookie season. Didn't get a lot of playing time at the beginning of the season. He was starting to turn it up later on. But when you look at this line, they really don't have any other big threats. Fast linemen that can get to the quarterback and cause a commotion. And J.J. Watt can do that. Even now, late in his career, he can still do that. Having him would make this D-line so much better. And I'm not saying they need to, they, they need to throw out a ton of money to get him. Then it's not worth it. If you're talking 15, 20 million a year, forget it. It's not worth it. But if you can get him for a reasonable price where you're still paying a lot, but not an astronomical amount, and the contract length isn't too long, I like the deal. If it's a one to three year deal, I like it. Because I think Watt has one to two years left of really quality production. And maybe in year three, it will start to slip. That's okay. The Bills are in win-now mode, as I like to call it, because they want to win now. They're at the point where they can win. They're just missing a little bit of that to take that next step and beat a team like Kansas City. And I feel like J.J. Watt could be the step. That could be all they need. There are other pieces that they need. Of course, I've talked about those things. But if you bring in a lineman like J.J. Watt, your defense is a different defense. It's a completely different animal. And if you're in win now mode and you can bring in a guy of his caliber, you got to do it. you got to find a way. Cut Addison. Cut Butler. Cut Jefferson. Make the room. Let Milano walk. Draft a few guys to fill those gaps. Sign some cheap veterans and bring in J.J. Watt. That's what I want to see. I hope everyone's on the same page as me. I hope everyone is as excited as I am hearing these reports that not only are the Bills interested in Watt, but Watt himself is interested in playing for the Bills. He's made it very clear he wants to be on a winning team. He wants to be on a competitor. I mean, that's why he wanted out of Houston. He felt that they were going in the wrong direction. He wants to be on a good team. He knows he has a limited time left in the NFL and he wants to make his last few years count. So, Buffalo, Bills, Pagulas, Brandon Bean, please go out, get J.J. Watt, make the Bills defense a feared defense. Make them a tough defense. Make that defensive line one of the best in the NFL. All right. Thanks so much for listening. And we will be back next week. Thank you.